Welcome to another episode of Morning Coffee with your host, Rick Alexander. I started this show to talk about all of the interesting, complex, paradoxical, and sometimes uncomfortable aspects of the human experience. If you get anything from this show, the greatest compliment you could give me is to share this show with somebody that you think the message may resonate with or to head to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Additionally, if you want to interact with me, you can follow me at rickalexander underscore on Instagram. Without further ado, on to the show. everybody happy friday welcome back to the morning coffee podcast with rick alexander i want to talk well first of all i want to start by saying that i've got a course coming up called the modern man's call the stated goal of that course is to work through and understand the evolutions of masculine psychology where we get stuck where we've we're underdeveloped like really What are the things that keep us from showing up as a healthy, embodied, masculine presence for our families, for our culture, for society, for our professions, for our hobbies, for ourselves? And I'm going to link up the registration or application form, actually, in the show notes of this episode. It is an application process because I want to make sure that we get the right people on the bus going to the right location. And I wanted to talk today a little bit about the kind of men that I'm looking for. And I thought I would do it in podcast form because I think that there are lessons in here, whether you want to work with me, feel like this course might work for you, or uh, you're just somebody that's interested in the evolution of self, right? And in, in personal development in some way and growth. So what I'm looking for are men who are committed to the highest version of themselves showing up in all of the various different areas of their lives. Now, we might say in personal development, I'm trying to be the best me. And so then you might say, well, what does that mean? What is the best version of you possible? This is my question for you today. For those of you OG Morning Coffee podcast listeners, you know that I really used to do most of my episodes with asking you a question. And I want to get back to that format a little bit because I think that there's so much value in an open-ended question or in asking yourself the right questions. And that's probably one of what I would consider to be my gifts as a guide or as a teacher or an educator is I'm pretty good at asking people the right questions. Because you don't necessarily need to know the answer as much as you need to know the right question. Now, that's for a couple of different reasons. One, you know, Einstein said, look, if I had an hour to solve a really complex problem, I would spend the first 55 minutes refiguring the problem and then the last five minutes solving it. And that's because if you can form the right question, you can form the right problem, it actually gets you really close to the answer. A lot of what we're doing in culture today, and this is actually kind of like what I talked about in the last episode, is we're solving for the wrong problems. Like we're solving for symptoms and we're not having conversations about what's really, really 
really going on for us, right? Like we could have a conversation about why you can't step into the next level, let's say, of your business or whatever you whatever you think that is. But what's really going on is we need to find out well, what are you gaining by not stepping into that? What are you protecting yourself from experiencing? What don't you have to step into by staying small? There are very real conversations that we need to have around all of the symptoms that we think we are dealing with. So you can ask yourself, what do you think it means for you to embody the highest version of yourself? But I'm going to define it for myself and for the course that I'm uh, putting together here and, and for most of the work that I do. The highest version of you must be synonymous with the realest version of you. Or dare I say, the most in line with truth. Now, again, this is for all of the reasons that I'm talking about here right now, right? Like we can have conversations about the symptoms, but I want to know what's real for you, right? When you have trouble committing to a task, what's meaningful for you about that task? And what is it that's causing you to not be able to see that meaning? Or perhaps it's not meaningful for you, right? Perhaps you're, it's actually just something that you're telling yourself you should be doing. We love to should all over ourselves in this culture. Oh, I really should be growing more. Oh, I really should be doing this. Oh, I really, you know, during the pandemic, I heard I really should be using this time to grow and learn. And it's like, really? Because there's a lot of fear in the world right now that people don't know how to manage. So sure, you think you should be growing, but why aren't you? What's real for you? What's standing in the way? Like, what are you actually concerned with? And then allowing what's real for you to come forward. This is going to be something that we talk a lot about in this course and also just something I'm really passionate about in, in any of my coaching work. You know, The highest expression of consciousness that you can display in any given situation is a commitment to truth. Even when that truth hurts, sucks to face, um, makes you feel shame, makes you feel guilt. Like all of these things are messages, but we're not serving anybody by hiding the truth, by hiding what's real for us, right? And so this is, in some sense, it's the reason we don't is because it's the ultimate act of vulnerability. Now, I talked about this in some of the personal podcast project products that I've been sending out lately, but we have this idea of vulnerability that it's supposed to look a certain way, like like for men to be vulnerable, that's a man crying or something along those lines. What vulnerability is, is it's allowing what's real for you to come forward, to have a seat at the table, to have a voice, to express what it is go, what, what's going on for you. Why is it that you don't want to do this task? Why is it that you don't want to step into this role? Why is it that you feel apathetic? We can't solve anything if we're not in reality, right? And so this is one, I'm looking for men in this program that are at least willing to commit to what's real for them, to commit to the truth. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I've been in this game for a little while now. I've built courses. It's actually one of my favorite things to do is like really put a, put a personal development curriculum together. Um, something I did in the military too, actually. But you know, there are some curriculums in which all you're actually doing is inflating someone's sense of ego. Right? You're, you're giving them really positive things to identify with. You're not really acknowledging 
uh, the shadow aspect of all of this, all of the things we reject and all of the things that we, that we don't like. And so when I ask you, what's the highest version of yourself look like? What, I, what I'm asking you personally is, what, is the, what does the realist version of you look like? Like what's true for you in this situation? In any given situation that you're struggling with, I think being dead ass honest with yourself about what's real for you in this moment, allowing that to come forward, and then acknowledging it and realizing that that's, that's what you're working with, right? Those are your parameters, not what you should be doing, not what your parents think that you should be doing, not what, what you feel society expects you to do or, or what the world expects you to do at large because you're not served by not being in integrity with your internal constitution. You're not served by not being in integrity with your value system. And I talked a little bit about this in in the last couple of years, especially as I was promoting the Clarity Academy a lot. We have this society of people pleasers and the internal narrative, the thing you're telling yourself is that you, you have to do this for this person or that altruism requires you to do something for somebody. Or, or whatever the you know whatever story you're telling yourself, but what I what I would submit to you is that the, like the world's not served by you being less conscious. The world's not served by you being out of integrity with yourself. The world's not served if what's real about this situation for you is not being acknowledged. And so, whatever it means to be the highest version of yourself, it must be synonymous with truth. It must be synonymous with what's real for you. And you know. When I bring up this idea of truth, I'm not going to give you this philosophical idea of truth, but I'm going to tell you this. There's what whatever ultimate truth is, right? This is that idea where Pontius Pilate's about to crucify Jesus and he's like, what is truth? And Jesus is like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know if it was right in front of you, right? There's this idea of ultimate truth that's really hard to get to for our perspectives. And then you also hear something quite a bit in the world today, especially in the postmodern culture, which is like, that's my truth, right? What I want to submit to you is that the, the task of becoming yourself is wrestling with those two things. I've noticed in religious crowds, they try to like sort of demonize the my truth movement. And then with the my truth movement, they try to act as if everything is relative, as if there is no actual North Arrow in this universe. That's not the game that I play. I try to always do my best to work toward a dialectic worldview, which is both and. Both this is true and this is also true. Because you have an internal constitution and what you absolutely cannot do, I know people know this that listen to this show, but what you absolutely cannot do is disobey that internal constitution, right? Because then comes apathy And after apathy comes resentment, and resentment has an appetite that you'll never be able to satiate. So you can't forego what's real for you in order to prioritize what's real for somebody else. And at the same time, it is wrestling with those two things that helps you figure out what's true about reality. You could imagine if you're like in a relationship with somebody and both of you are burying the truth, you only will get further apart from each other. Where two people can connect, you can't connect from mask to mask, right? From persona to persona. Like you have to connect for, you can only connect, I should say, 
in what's real. You can only connect when you allow what's real to come forward and then the other person does. And in that moment, even if it's not pretty, connection can happen. So I want to tell a story to illustrate the way that vulnerability, so to speak, works within the context of what I'm talking about. I heard this story one time from a spiritual director and it really uh, resonated with me. But you can imagine you have a couple that falls in love right out of the gate, right? And they go through the honeymoon phase and they even manage to keep it going for years and they get married. And after they get married, they really start to focus on things that aren't each other, right? Like work and responsibilities and all of the things managing the house. And yeah, stop me if you've heard this one. They just continue to grow further apart. And then one day he comes up to her and he's like, babe, I have an idea for us to reconnect. How would you like to do a date night once a week? And she's elated by this because what most of us actually want is for the other person to reach out and to make an effort, especially in a situation where a romance begins to feel like you're just roommates. And so he's like, all right, great, let's uh, plan it for next Wednesday. Well, Tuesday comes along and it hits him that he hasn't been with his wife in years. Like he hasn't taken her on a date. Like he just doesn't know how to connect. So he gets nervous and he can't sleep. So he gets out of bed and he starts making a list of all the things that they could do on this date night. They could go to dinner and they could go to the movies or they could go play mini golf or they could do whatever. And so he's making this list so that he'll have something prepared because he really doesn't know what to do. And uh, the next day comes along and he's like, goes to her and he's like, babe, I want to be honest with you. Like, I'm really nervous about this. I don't really know how to connect or what to do. So I made this list of things that we can choose from. Now, the list is how most of us solve our problems, right? We just try to brainstorm and figure out, okay, I just need a plan. I just need something to do. The one thing we love in Western culture is having something that we can do in order to not sit with what is, right? So he makes the list. He he tells her, babe, I'm having trouble with this. And, And he's like, but I have this list. Now, the thing to know about this interaction that just took place is that the act of connecting with her, the place where they can start to really rebuild connection and relationship from, is not in the list. It was in him going to her, and saying, babe, I'm really, really nervous about this. It was him allowing what's actually real for him to come forward, right? And then that puts the ball in her court. And now she has an opportunity to be real. And maybe she's flattered by the fact that he went through all of this effort. And maybe there's even something cute about not really knowing how to date your your wife, but being so dedicated to doing it right that you were willing to stay up all night making a list. But it's not the list. It's the act of connection. It's the act of allowing what's real to come forward because that is always the act of consciousness, right? The most consciousness you can inject into anything is to acknowledge what's real and to realize that that's what you're working with, even if that comes to the dismay of some of the people that are in your life, right? And the one thing that I'll say about this, the reason I think it's so important is because at the end of the day, and I mean at the end of your life, the end of that day, if you're lucky enough to look back, nobody else, none of the people that gave you the shoulds, none of the people that gave you the expectations, none of the people that you thought you had to impress, none of those people have to be happy with the life that you chose to live. 
I love you guys. I hope you have an amazing weekend. We'll talk later on Morning Coffee.